why this time? (laughs) Good morning, good morning. It's great to wake up early. (laughs) I can't bear this. Do you know what? You make me cheerful because you're so miserable. I was quite low until I saw you and now I feel great. (laughs) (laughs) It's a ministry that I offer. Talking of being miserable. What? What did you think of the uh, Rugby World Cup final? Well, do you want the honest truth? I do. What a load of... (laughs) How about you? What did you think of it? Virtually from the kick-off, I thought, oh... (laughs) Yeah, I know. You can't really resent... I mean, there's such lovely stories of that coming from that country and their captain and everything, but even so... Even so... It's following England. (laughs) You know, to to follow England in any sporting (laughs) enterprise is to taste the joys of disappointment. (laughs) And talking of the joys of disappointment, let's do a podcast. Hey! Uh, right, so it's stupid o'clock in the morning and welcome to uh what is this episode 92 probably yeah. yes it is mid-faith crisis podcast uh me nick page he uh cheery early morning man and Davis. Uh, nick has had to get up literally at the crack of 8 a.m <laughs> <laughs> So this is really hard for you. It's, uh... Hey, and I've got a cold. I wasn't at the gym. I'd normally have done an hour in the gym by now, but no. I've I've got a cold as well. Have you? Have you just got a cold or have you got man flu? No, well, I'd like to claim man flu, uh, but no. Mine's just mine's just sort of teetering on the so edge. You, so you could of... be hospitalised any any moment, really. Yeah. Any time, yeah, <laughs> any time. During this podcast, I could be. As, as indeed many of our listeners are, routinely, I'd have thought. Anyway. <laughs> anyway, other than that, how are you and what have you been up to? <laughs> um, no, I'm not very well, actually. I'm a bit under the weather, as I said, and uh, so I haven't been doing anything very much. Oh. Well, so there you are. let me tell you a thing or two. One, it's, uh, well, your goddaughter's birthday day. It's Sophie's birthday. I know we don't really have goddaughters. She's not my goddaughter. Well, not in the Baptist tradition. We don't have I was going to say, just have, did I actually miss something? We are just, I... You're just an important father-like figure <laughs> in the absence of one no, here. <laughs> no, let me just be absolutely clear what's happened here. Is I've just been appointed uh, God, no, do- godfather know... to somebody without knowing after how many years? 32. 32 years. Today. I've realised I haven't done anything and I should have done something, but apparently you I haven't done. You haven't done. You gave her her love of reading. I didn't. She was reading like a demon before I met her. <laughs> you you stayed regularly at the house and that's true. Shared your life with her. And that's true. Your wisdom. That's true. I'm a mentor. <laughs> you are that's a mentor like figure to her. I am. I, <laughs> I put the tour in mentor. Anyway, yeah. we're missing we're missing the point. It's her birthday. So happy oh, birthday. Oh, Sophie. happy birthday, Sophie. And also, she came down for the Halloween party. Have you been to a Halloween party? Anyway, the point of the Halloween party was there was a fantastic band called Murdoch's Crazy Eyes. They're a local band and we loved it. There is something great about live, great live music, isn't there? There is, absolutely. And it can be virtually any type. So my my wife, the the woman to whom I have the privilege of being betrothed, um, 
loves world music. She does. <laughs> so many's the morning when we wake up to, <laughs> you know, Tuvan folk singing or Swedish <laughs> Indonesian <folk> nasal flutes. <laughs> and so often we go and hear bands, you see, that, that she wants to hear. And I went to hear this uh, band called, oh, I can't remember what they're called. I'll find the link and put it in the web, uh, on the uh, website. Wake the up. Mongolian. <laughs> really? <laughs> yeah. And they do this throat singing thing, right? You know, where, oh, yeah. the throat singing where you're singing two registers, one person does it. It's the most amazing thing. <laughs> it's incredible. And and I thought, oh, flipping it, go and listen to this. Um, they're called Ander Union. That's it. And it was a, it was amazing. The music was right. absolutely brilliant, and the sound that these people produce is unbelievable. But I'd never choose to listen to. I'd never choose no. to put a CD on of it. Yeah, well, I was just saying. You went to a Halloween party. Yeah. Do the Evangelical Alliance know this? They... <laughs> it went way past that, I'm afraid. Oh, yeah. <laughs> the list of your misdemeanours. It was a fundraiser. That's my excuse. Uh, Is that right? Did you, oh, you dressed as something. You had a wig on, didn't you? I did, yes. It's always the go-to comedy I might, moment I might, I might, Davis. I might wig. keep that as a, <laughs> as a look. It's good. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Hey, and, and also, just let me say, went what? to see The Aeronauts last night. That's up. Extraordinary film. Great. Really, really good. I yeah. sort of want to see it, but I also have Vertigo. Oh, man, you are going to have to look away at times, believe me. It really, very visceral. And I sat next to someone who was a bit like that as well. It was very funny indeed. I mean, I I get why we're going up a stepladder, so I'm <laughs> yeah, not sure. You're, you're going to be in trouble. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Maybe you won't watch that. Anyway. Yeah. Um, anything else in terms of church notices that we should do? Uh, no, thank you, everyone that gives to the podcast. Oh, yes, thank you so much. Beautiful people. Yeah. Uh, and so uh, I think what we were saying is we're gonna we're gonna leave the feedback this week. Yeah, come back because we have had some more great feedback, haven't we? Yeah, and can I just say, really, we are both really touched by the feedback to the yes, last uh, couple of episodes yeah. and people sharing some really um, important things and. Um, and we really wanted to honour that. I feel very humbled. I feel, yes, I do yeah. genuinely feel quite humbled by the whole thing. It does put our piffle in a bit of perspective, it does, doesn't, doesn't it? It, yeah, yeah. it does, really, truly. Anyway, okay. to the main thing, if I may say so. Mm. And uh, we've got an interview with Lacey this week. So Yes. So Lacey Finborgo uh, wrote in that wonderful email, you may recall, that we have read out twice on the podcast. Twice. Um but before we get going, how did you meet Lacey and how long have you known Lacey? Because uh, it's longer met, than me, actually. Yeah. Well, um, she was working as a waitress in a cocktail bar. Was she now? Yeah, <laughs> I met her, I think. Uh, no, I didn't. Um, I met her on Renovare, like you did. I, she was working for Renovare. I met her on the... F- in fact, she picked me up at... That's right... Uh, it was a very she odd moment. She was working as a waitress. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no. When I say that, she, um, she, uh, I think drove us. I think she picked us up uh, from uh. the bus stop in Santa Barbara. So it was my first, my first Renovari person that I met. Actually, ah, uh, brilliant. Yeah, and what yeah, a person! So, so I met her on the course, like you did. Really. Anyway, this is Lacey Finborgo. 
I am delighted to be here with my dear friend, Lacey Fimborgo. Hi, Lacey. Hi, Joe. Well, so good to see you, sort of. It's great. We are seeing each other. It's great. Who knows whether the line will connect and this will record properly. It's a huge leap of faith. But Lacey is a dear friend. Nick is going to be insanely jealous that I get to do this and he doesn't. Um, but we, well, you know, Lacey, we, um, this is long overdue. You wrote such a wonderful email. In fact, you have the esteemed honour of being the only email we've read out twice on a podcast. Wow. Oh, wow. That's major. Yeah, it is. And uh, Nick and I were just saying, we've got to get Lacey on. So here we are. Yeah. <laughs> and it's yeah, lovely yeah, yeah. to see you. And it's early in the morning there. And it's kind of the evening here, just about. So welcome. And well, let's start off just a little bit. I know who you are, but most people don't. Lacey, where are you from and who's your family yeah. and all that stuff? Sure. Uh, I live in Colorado in the United States. Beautiful. And I live what we would call um, in the middle of nowhere, just quite <laughs> literally in the middle of nowhere. Like um, I just drove to town this morning and it took me 30 minutes to get there and 30 minutes to get back. And literally, um, there was no um, stores on the way. It was just to the to the post office in two homes. So I live on uh, a lot of land in the Rocky Mountains. Um, I have horses and goats and chickens and um, dogs and cats and my parents all in the. Okay. And you got some other family, I know, because I I've do. met them. <laughs> do you want to yes. mention them? Yeah, yeah I'm I'm married um to Doug and um he's an ER physician. And oh, yeah. um, so the space, the wide open space is uh really helps him to keep to do his job, to keep yeah. doing his job. And I have two uh daughters, one who is in university first year, um studying to be an environmental engineer. Oh, wow. and she's so loving it ah, so great. loving it we just great. had halloween here so she was um playing with her sweet mates this um game of um humans and zombies nice. where why yeah and i have a youngest daughter um <laughs> whose name is anwin and uh she's a musician and she loves everything music great so, great raising these two young women in the world today and i first got to know you through renovare and you yeah. were writing stuff for spiritual formation with children. So we're going to, maybe we'll come on to that in a bit. But but the reason okay. we're having this call is because mm. of the email you wrote about coming yeah. to terms with, you know, death and, and potentially your own death. So, and then yeah. Danny uh, wrote in an email and responded. So I thought maybe we'd just pick up there. Mm. Oh, it was, it was her, her response was so incredibly uh, just authentic and real. And I was so glad that she wrote it, wrote in. Mm. Um, uh, one of the things that came to mind as I listened to the podcast, um, I do listen to your yeah, podcast. Incredible. Yeah, yeah, you're welcome. Um, you and five others. <laughs> yeah, we do what we can. Um, yeah, and they're all in my family, by the yeah. way, your listeners. Um, <clears throat> was that um, uh, how we come to terms with death? sort of depends on um, our orientation. So how a person who is faced with death mm. comes to terms with death is different than a person who is losing a loved one to death. Yeah. Yeah. That, that's, 
those are entirely different Mm, conversations and um yeah so i i was thinking about that and um just wanting her to hear how much uh grace and um just tenderness that there is as Mm. someone who is really Mm. um on a different side of that yeah sure yeah i think that distinction came through pretty clearly i mean uh, your your response really inspired me you know in terms of how i think about my own death and i i really is my ambition to die well yeah it, it genuinely is i I have faith. I don't think death is the end. I think I'm passing through. And then I'm very vague on the detail. You know, John, John Roberts, who you also know, I, you know, I'm just going to melt into garden. You know, maybe I'm just going to fix the shower for all it. I don't know, but I'm, I'm, you know, I'm pretty happy to leave that one with God. Others seem to need a very much more defined mm-hmm. sense of the afterlife. Mm-hmm. I don't really uh, mm-hmm. need that. And it does my head mm-hmm. in if I think about it. <laughs> mm-hmm. and and i think too i mean again just to really honor some of the things that danny brought up one of the mm-hmm. things that she said was how, how difficult and how much sorrow she has and i think it there there is a distinction in the way that in, in some ways it's easier to come to terms with our own death than um come to terms with the death of someone we love yeah um that that's a whole other that just sucks and there's there's nothing more to say <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and and yeah, and you're yeah, you're left yeah. with having to pick up pieces and yeah. make sense. Whereas the person who died, they're they're yeah, exactly. They're in, they're, kind of they're okay. in a, yeah, yeah, they're okay. Yeah. So, and, and one other thing is, um, I was thinking about how you you were talking about um the word befriending death. I just mm. I was so glad that you mm. went there, yeah. and we're sort of pushing on that. Yeah. Um, I I think. Um, the idea that a young friendship with someone is one where we don't tread, you know, and we don't mm. push buttons and we don't ask hard questions. Yeah. But when I think about befriending death, we're talking about an old friendship where I can sit down at the table and say, mm. I might not even like you right now. Yeah. I don't like what you're doing here. But that takes a close proximity yeah. of relationship to be able to say, this I'm really put off about. Yeah, yeah, well, that is really right. good. Thank you. Yeah, yeah. yeah so I, I love that, and I and I love that the language around death is deepening. Mm. You know, mm. in the in the whatever happens after this body dies, you know, um, that it is a deepening. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, and a dying into God. Okay, well, look, there's there's so yeah. much to say. Uh, yeah. We had a list of topics, some of which included favorite recipes and things like that. I don't think we're going to go there. <laughs> <laughs> but you did talk about seasons of silence in our lives. I, you know, that's yeah. something that just caught my imagination a bit. Mm. So what do you mean by seasons of silence? What What's the season of silence? What does that look like and why should we embrace it? So uh, I'm reading a book actually right now by Maggie Ross um, called Silence, A User's Guide. And it's like this massive thing. It's even got two volumes in it. And um, she's Brit, by the way. You might okay. look her up. But, um, I like her already. Yeah, uh, nationality. Um, so uh, one of the things that she's talking about really is the deepening mind, um, the deeper mind and how we um, – a little bit of the uh, resistance I have around um, 
just really uh, the spiritual disciplines, you know, like doing, Mm -hmm. doing, doing, Mm -hmm. is that it really moves us away from being Mm -hmm. and, um, and from that place where um, the warp and woof of humanity really meets the divine. Um, And a piece of um, just sitting in silence um, it happens in those spaces of deep intimacy, and and that can come during sorrow, um, like when we f- first got um, the my diagnosis. So you know, mm-hmm. being positive for the this the sense of sorrow, um, not really about my own condition, but that mm-hmm. I about that I could have, and we don't know yet, but pass this on to my daughters genetically so just say a bit more about that condition in case people haven't picked up oh sure um i'm positive for the breast cancer gene mm. which means that i haven't had cancer um but i have a genetic predisposition for breast cancer ovarian cancer um pancreatic cancer mm. and all of this which is why i had a double mastectomy and like all my kind of female organs removed Mm -hmm. and and i I asked the surgeon before we went in what is female for eunuch and he just didn't think that was funny (laughs) (laughs) for you with your warped sense of humor you loved it that's right (laughs) i loved it i was like come on man you're about to cut on me let's laugh together but isn't going with it uh anyway when when we sort of figured that out and i put some pieces together that my kids my daughters my beloved children um, may have to struggle with this mm. there was no words to put with it mm. it was just an incredible sorrow silence mm. and in those moments of just you know deep gut-wrenching uh sadness there were no words Mm. and yet there was that moment where um, I didn't feel alone in the sorrow I felt God with me in the sorrow it was a moment of unity Mm. so there's a kind of sacred silence yeah yeah and I think it happens in moments of incredible joy too Mm. Mm. so there just aren't words sure so you're so a season of silence mm. what does that mm. mean well i think i think if we talk about you know the two halves of life mm-hmm. so there so um this is richard Rohr's falling upward and margaret gunther has a great book around it too okay. around um halves of life because um understanding halves of life from sort of feminine and masculine perspective can be helpful yeah. um seasons of life don't look the same for men yeah. and women mm-hmm. and and that's important to understand. So those seasons of silence for for men sometimes typically can be in the second half of life mm-hmm. when they've done kind of all you've done all your good ego work, which you yeah. needed, to, you yeah. know. Yeah. And and then um, you're free to fall into that silence yeah. um, for men and for women. Um, and this is this is not <clears throat> you know hard and fast these are generalities mm. but women um and and it may be changing um, many folks think um as um sort of the patriarchy begins to disassemble a little bit and women begin to find their voices mm. but silence is was superimposed upon women in the first half of life interesting but 
it was where the place where um, some deepening definitely through sorrow occurred. And then the second half of life is a time of sort of resurrection and opening up and speaking. And then, um, uh, and then sort of the third half, you can tell I'm terrible at maths. Yeah, but, third half <laughs> is not good. <laughs> you know, yeah. The third half, yeah. um, it's a chosen silence. Okay. Say a bit more about that. So what? Yeah. This is this is a willingness to step w- into. Yeah, and and for for some again, some women, it can be just um, releasing the care, just constant caretaker role that can mm. build up the ego in that way. Mm. Uh, it can be a settling and a hearing of their own voice um, and what that may sound like, and um, just resting in the unity of the two voices coming together. And, I mean, this sounds great. I can see it working in, in two ways. I mean, I can see there's a sort of daily seeking out of silence, oh. like mm-hmm. a, a space. Yeah. But a season of silence speaks to me of a, 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 a more intentionally longer, I may be wrong here, so, you know, correct mm-hmm. me, but a, a sort of longer space. And if it is mm-hmm. a longer space, how long? I mean, are we talking about a sort of a retreat uh, a couple of days, a day, a week. Yeah, this mm-hmm. is me, the activist, immediately going to the practicalities. So forgive me on that one. <laughs> <laughs> gonna, uh, I think yes. <laughs> <laughs> just keep moving. Yeah, just keep moving, so, just, just Let keep, me know. Yeah. <laughs> just let me know and how I, long it is. <laughs> yeah. And, and I'm an Enneagram 3, so I'm looking for a system. So you can hear, like, <laughs> yeah. I'm trying to tease out a system so badly. Please, just tell me there's a reliable just pattern. Tell me the way. <laughs> Please, for the love of all that's holy. <laughs> yeah. So, and I, I think your 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 um, question and your answers are it seem to be all true. Mm. Yeah, they can be intentional seasons that we've chosen to go on retreat. They can be days where we sort of cultivate the pattern of silence, um, so that when we are um, in places of sorrow or joy or we, we sense the invitation of the divine for sort of transcendent encounter, we've practiced enough silence that it's not raw or jarring, wow. that we could settle into it. There's so much in those last three sentences. I just want to think about them. <laughs> well, I have no idea what I said. I made it I up know, on the spot. Good. Good. It was good. We, we, I need to write it all down. <laughs> I love it so much. Oh, yeah. I, and I will say, like, what's been so life-giving to me um, in this season of my life is to practice those 20 minutes of silence in the morning and in the evening. Wow. Um, um, I just I have to do nothing. Uh, I really have to do nothing. And that is hard for an activist. I mean, that's really hard. I mean, maybe it's uh, hard for everyone. I don't know. <laughs> I guess it is. It, yeah, and I and uh, you know, um, um, Father Keating, um, mm. you know, who brought in centering prayer, said that you know, in 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 a span of twenty minutes, if you have to turn your thoughts back to the divine thirty thousand times then just think of this as the opportunity to get a fresh look at God 30,000 times wow. over 20 minutes. It's, it seems like he's kind of under-representing how many times I have to turn back. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Exactly. You're going to 30,000. Okay. <laughs> like you're kind of low-balling there, aren't you? But 
Okay. Well, listen, time is marching on and I'm, I I literally want to talk to you all afternoon, um, but I can't do that. And um, I want to say something else to you because, like I say, I first got to know you through Renovare yeah. and you, uh, I just saw as this kind of slightly crazy, creative wild woman who was just a lot of fun to be around. You've been really passionate about spiritual formation in a family set with kids and it's interesting we did a i did i think we did a podcast called how to be successful parent and other myths i've heard all day <laughs> yeah, we, you know we we all struggle and i think particularly with this kind of emerging um post mid-faith crisis paradigm where we're a lot easier with not having answers and a lot more comfortable with mystery. It does beg that question. Well, what on earth do I teach my kids? Because I don't want to teach them so they have all the trappings and problems that I had growing up <laughs> in a very strict and rigid. At the same time, they kind of need boundaries and a and a structure. So, mm. so this is an opportunity for me to ask one of the hardest questions I think uh. at all, which is how, what, how, and what do we pass on to our kids yeah. um, at this yeah. time in terms of a, a vibrant real authentic spirituality yeah so just answer uh, that question yeah <laughs> and then you can go <laughs> yeah two minutes a nice and easy one <laughs> right sorry about that uh, no that's that's a that's a great question and i think it's one we have to live and we can't bet it down yeah. once we feel like we've kind of got the answers to it and we've nailed it up you're you've you've given your children a dead faith and not a living one wow well, so maybe i could just off <laughs> yeah yeah comforting yeah isn't it oh <laughs> um i think of like two two images come to mind that help me sort of keep it that sort of tension hot yeah. um one is father roar talking about how we need a container that we can kick out of so you know when we've given our kids um uh a faith, kind of a solid faith with a bottom and two sides, but it's not necessarily one where we are right now. Um, that's okay. They they'll gra- they may gravitate to that. Just make sure you leave the lid off so they can uh, kick out of it when they're ready. Now what, now, sorry, just to stretch the metaphor, what does that mean? Mm-hmm. What does that look like? So you're saying, okay, read the stories, let them believe it's literal. All the stories and the Bible stories, and the, we're not going to confuse them with, well, this could mean this, or this could mean that. We're just going to read it. Well, I, want, I, I think a really good way to keep the lid off is to cultivate wondering. I wonder. Okay. And then, in, so maybe I, I, I really, I lean very strongly towards, it's very helpful for children to know the stories of Jesus, mm-hmm. mostly because they can find their own experiences and life mm-hmm. in Jesus. There's no adolescent I know that doesn't feel like exactly Jesus's words when he is separated from his parents at the temple. You know, why were you looking for me? Why are you asking me these questions? Didn't you know I was in my father's house? I mean, yeah. I, at the risk of heresy, such a smart mouth. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Precocious. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and so, and then just invite them to wonder. See, children are naturally, they're natural wonderers. They're not looking to nail it down. So instead of nailing it down for them, cultivate wonder. I wonder. I wonder. 
I wonder, what do you wonder about this? Do you wonder how Jesus um, felt when he was separated from his parents? Was he irked that they asked him his quest- these questions? Did he feel like they were pressing in on him and trying to control his life? Mm. I wonder. So I think cultivating wonder helps us leave the, the lid off. Great. Right. Um, and the second thing is, is this idea of wounded parenting. And it's sort of, you know, uh, Henry Nowen talked about being a wounded healer. I think we're wounded parenting, all of us, yeah. all the time. Uh, yeah. <laughs> and um, I think we, we have to offer ourselves a little bit of grace around this and know that we are learning to parent as we're parenting. Yeah, and I comfort in the fact that my kids are now both in jobs where they earn money and can pay for their own therapy. What relief. <laughs> oh, at our house, we always said we needed two funds, a college fund and a therapy fund. <laughs> <laughs> Unfortunately, I've used all the therapy money as of recently, but you know. <laughs> I always figured that with parenting, uh, love and having fun together uh, covers a multitude of parental <laughs> sins. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I mean, I think that's one of the, the big dangers in even talking about spiritual formation in families is that we'll think that there's some kind of perfect parenting, which is just the biggest lie in the universe. Yeah. Lots of playing games. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. Lots of laughter and tears all at the same time. Uh, okay. And that's only me on a Tuesday. So, so listen, yeah. I, I want to prompt you unduly, but you've, you've written some stuff on this and you've got a book coming out soon. And what's it called and oh. when's it out? Ah, it's out in March and it's called Spiritual Conversations with Children Listening to God Together. So um, I practice spiritual direction with children um, at a, a transitional facility for homeless children, for homeless families. Wow. So um, this is just about um, how to accompany a child as they listen for God. Wow, that sounds amazing, and yeah. and you can pre-order that on yeah Evil on Amazon, Amazon or oh uh, yeah or IVP yeah yeah we kind of look for better places to buy when we, we, we do too yeah <laughs> yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> my conscience has enough on it besides adding Amazon yeah. okay so I'm just going to finish with one more question I mean okay. I know we could go on but so mm-hmm. so we started this podcast Nick and I <laughs> yeah. around mid faith crisis because. People were, you know, we were hearing the same stories, I guess, as we were going around speaking, that people were struggling to make sense of things and holding on to faith. And a lot of us had friends who were leaving the church. And, you know, we were concerned about that. And we just wanted to encourage and bless people. So if you you had any words of wisdom for people who are sort of deep in the crisis, deep in the questioning stage, deep in that kind of, I don't know what I believe and whether God's real and all that sort of stuff. Mm How would you encourage folks? Um, mm, how would I encourage folks? I would say that the universe will hold you. Mm. Whatever's happening, um, that it's all good, um, uh, and the universe will hold you. Wow. That That's all a natural part of the... Um, of the, I, I'm really irked with the word journey. It's just too much. Mm-hmm. We've just journeyed ourselves to death. Sure. But just, as, as we go through this human experience of life, yeah. that the universe will hold you. Wonderful. Lacey, if people want to mm-hmm. connect with you, what's the best way to do that? Uh, 
I have a website, gooddirtministries.org. Gooddirtministries.org. Yeah. That's great. Okay. <laughs> Lacey, so good speaking to you. Thanks ever so much for being on the podcast. And Wonderful to see you, friend. I think we will speak again together soon. Thank you. Bye-bye. Tell Bye. Rachel. Well, thank you for doing that. Um, loads of interesting stuff in there. Really loved it. What really struck you? Um, oh, well, it's hard to narrow it down to one thing. Uh, it just, just, just that thing where she talked about I didn't feel alone in the sorrow mm. when she was talking about a thing, and that's that's a theme that's been coming through the feedback that we've got, and it it sort of links into the Advent season that's coming of light and darkness. So I just found that very moving and very touching. And I think also the other thing is. Um, you know, and we've talked about this many times, just how important it is to have a feminine perspective on the whole, the whole thing, uh, mm. a feminine perspective on God, a feminine perspective mm. on church, on faith, on mid-faith in particular. Because I think when people think of you and I, they do think very much of two testosterone-filled gladiatorial <laughs> macho types. Oiled up. <laughs> Red. Unless they think of a scrawny kid and a bald fat men. bloke. <laughs> but we are men. <laughs> well, I don't know about that. I think um, I, there was lots in there. I, I, I loved the reframing of the friendship metaphor with the old friendship. Yes. Wow. Yes, I did. Which I found really helpful. And you can say to people, you know, I really don't like the way you're behaving. Yes. Uh, yeah. And and I think that is you know that's that's true, true friendship. But that sort of all that close proximity. And I did I found what, what she was saying about silence really interesting and thought provoking. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Because I often recommend it to people. You know, I mean, it's one of the core spiritual practices. I say to yes. people, yeah. you know, yeah. solitude and silence. And yet, I wonder how much people simply can't do it in the first half of of no. life or faith. But it's so difficult. It's not easy in the second half. No, no, no. But there's something in that bit where later on you, you realise that actually words no longer work. You're, you're already in a place where you where you think words aren't working anyway. You know, in the yes. mid-faith crisis, you've already got to that place where you think, no. I'm sick of words. Yes. And and you've done what she called the ego work in a way, or you've yes, started indeed. to do it, and yeah. and therefore you're more you're more ready for it. I don't know. It's a bit like after exercise. I mean, I, I, I genuinely hate going and doing exercise but I feel so much better and more alive after it and mm. and it's very much the same with silence I know I'm a better human being after I've entered silence and been there yep. for a bit and and I feel better I mean after yep. it I genuinely feel more alive but it's strange that I'm still so resistant to it <laughs> I'm not arguing about the, the benefits no, 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 I'm I know you're saying not. about no. whether somebody is really ready to do... oh, yeah. and the other thing no, I agree. The, the, the other thing that really struck me strongly was that that you know, thinking of it in terms of men and women, and um, if I stand up in front of people and say, "Oh, you know, why don't you spend a day in silence?" If a, if you're a woman who is effectively being shut up in church, yes, yeah, yeah, exactly, <laughs> you yeah. might be going, "Oh, great, terrific! Yeah. Actually, I've got yeah. things to say." Yeah, you know, and 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 it never, um, sadly, uh, I admit it, that hadn't really occurred to me. Um, and and I think that's really important to acknowledge, actually, as well. That as long with silence, there also has to be the exactly. right to speak. Exactly. And we, uh, you know, Rachel and I have often reflected in in our relationship and where we're at the stage that, that the spiritual practices we need to operate with are the opposite of each other. So I need to learn to shut up. She needs to learn 
to speak up. Right. I, I, you know, it's it, it's just a yeah. fascinating dynamic at times. I need to learn to keep some rules. She needs to learn to break some rules. You know, it's, <laughs> yeah, it's just yeah, yeah. there's this constant sort of toing and froing. But, you know, breaking out of those sort of ego barriers looks very different, doesn't it, for different people, I guess. I think so. I, yeah. I, I think that's really rich and important mm. to, to, yeah. to think about, really. Um, there, there isn't a kind of one size fits all um i don't think uh, sort of rule no. of life that's the point no, exactly. you have to craft your own and and you have to do it if you do it if you have help with it with other people they will help you i guess identify also the things that you find uncomfortable but they actually you really need to engage in as well it's finding what the exercises you need to do that are going to truly liberate you. yeah yeah you know? exactly right yeah um and also can we talk about the stuff on the children well, we should do, as apparently my goddaughter is 31 or something. You know. 32. Yeah. 32, yeah. Should, should be glad I reminded you of that. Um, so, yeah, this... I still think she's 25. So do I. There you go. <laughs> I still think I'm 25. That's yeah, you think you're five. <laughs> that doesn't problem. work. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, but, children. Um, no, well, it's just, you know, we talked about parenting before and we've mm. talked about how difficult, and we've had many emails in, you know, and uh, I do think that um, Lacey was providing us potentially with some ways forward on that, you know, inviting kids to wonder. I mean, I do think it's quite important not to not to give your kids biblical criticism, you know, at four years old. That's probably not what they need. They do need some sort of boundaries and stuff. But to tell the stories and to invite them to wonder about those stories, I guess, encourages a questioning from early on, which struck me as being quite healthy and good so what you're saying is my technique of shouting at my children <laughs> yes but what does it say in greek no obviously that was not place. perhaps the best thing <laughs> <laughs> yeah that wonder is great and, and kids do wonder that's yeah. that's the thing they do that's the thing they all do from the early yeah. age they ask questions yeah and they and they they want to explore in that way yeah. i thought that was really helpful and and the also the idea of wounded parenting you know that sense of 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 not you, there's this big pressure on us always to think we've got to do it right you know and that if we do it wrong cataclysm will follow and obviously we do know examples of where there's been bad parenting and where that's had you know bad effects but actually most of us are muddling through yeah most of the time yeah indeed yes um, exactly right exactly right so i thought that was uh that's good yeah, and of great. course just that reminder there's no such thing as a perfect parent so relax everyone <laughs> yeah absolutely yeah well, um, in the words of Lacey, and I thought this sounded very new age and piffily, um, the universe will hold you. But actually, when you tune in next week, listeners, and listen to some of the feedback we've had, you realise how true an experience that is for people, who, especially people who have been in the darkest, darkest places. Mm. The universe will hold you. And uh, I that really meant something to me and mm, resonated mm. with me so thank you very much for that Lacey mm. and uh, oh and of course <laughs> when uh, when Lacey um mentioned father Keating I had to stop <laughs> myself from saying didn't he say life is a roller coaster <laughs> <laughs> I had exactly the same thought wasn't he in, wasn't he in a boy band <laughs> and yet he invented centering prayer at the same time That's remarkable. It is, it is remarkable and of course didn't he also say you say it best when you say nothing at all which again oh, that, links us right is. back to silence <laughs> 
we should do a whole series just based on 80s and 70s pop lyrics. Wisdom. I think we should. Spiritual for much. Anyway, and on that note, I think we should say nothing at all. We um, should. So thank you very much for listening. Yes, thank you. And goodbye. Yes, and see you and next good, week. Yes, goodbye. And we'll be back next week. That's a rubbish ending, isn't say it? Say nothing at all, Nick. Say nothing. Okay. Shh. <laughs> Are you still here? <laughs> no. Nope. <laughs>